And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to, to come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. And comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's the conclusion to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball and Richard Denning from 1948. Then it's a radio adaptation of the famous Alfred Hitchcock-directed film, Shadow of a Doubt, on Academy Award Theater. And by my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. I'm not exactly right next to you, but nearby. But you're, like, kind of at my side, I would say. I mean, it's, you know... Not not, literally. I'm not being inaccurate. You're kind of at my side. Let's tune into the conclusion now, because last uh, time we tuned into the first portion of the quiz show. Let's go back to October 23rd, 1948, for the conclusion of the quiz show on My Favorite Husband. Liz... Yes, Your Majesty? That's not funny. In half an hour, everyone in town will know about this. Oh, another wise guy. Well, I'll tell him a thing or two. Yes, I know, quiz kid. Queen for a day. <laughs> and keep your smart answers to yourself. George, this is Mr. Atterbury. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's Mr. Atterbury. Well, goodbye, George. You stay here, you blundering idiot. What? Oh, no. Not you, Mr. Atterbury. George, I just heard your name on the radio. Oh, well, I can explain everything, Mr. Atterbury. You see... I'm proud of you, boy. Uh, Yes, but my wife... Uh, What did you say? It's a stroke of genius. Excellent publicity for the bank. Oh, you, you, you like the idea? Why, it's sensational, boy. The kind of forward thinking we need. Show the public how intelligent bankers are. How'd you ever think of the idea, boy? Oh, I, I don't know. It, it came to me right out of the air. Well, it was a great idea, and I'm proud of you, boy. Thanks. Talk to you at the bank tomorrow, boy. Yeah, well, well, goodbye, Mr. Atterbury. What'd he say, boy? I love you, boy. Liz, he, he wants me to go on the show and prove how smart bankers are. I'm worried. Oh, don't worry, dear. I'll be right there with you. That's what I'm worried about. Now, Liz... I brought all these books home from the library. Uh-huh. And you know what we're going to do with them tonight? Press flowers? No. No, we're going to study for that quiz show. Mr. Atterbury got a block of seats, and everybody in the bank will be there. Oh, I've got a good idea, George. What? You answer all the questions. I'll just stand there. Yeah, oh, don't be silly. If you don't open your mouth, what'll I tell them? That, that you're dumb? 
And if I do? Well, I see what you mean, but... But let, let, let's give it a try. Now, now here's some history questions. Uh, uh, here. Uh, what is the Monroe Doctrine? Monroe Doctrine? Yes, you, you, you know which Monroe it refers to, don't you? Oh, sure. Racing with the moon, the midnight blue. I'll answer the history questions. Now, now let's try some natural history. Yeah, here. What is the name of an animal with long, sharp fangs and a shaggy head who stalks his prey at night? Oh, that reminds me, Cory was here today. <laughs> Never, mind. Never mind. I'll answer the nature questions. Now, that, that brings us to arithmetic. Oh, you answer the arithmetic questions, Cor- uh, George. Uh, Liz, I've got a great idea. What? I'll answer the questions. You just stand there. Oh, good. I'm glad you thought of it. Hi, Liz, dear. Hello, Corey. Well, tonight's the big night, hmm? Yes, and Corey, I'm just frantic. I don't know why I ever got into this. I'll disgrace George for life. Oh. He could even lose his job at the bank over some stupid answer of mine. Oh, Liz, don't be ridiculous. He'll have to give up his lovely office at the bank. He'll lose his swivel chair. Just think, all the rest of his life, he'll never swivel again. (laughs) I thought you might be upset, Liz. Oh. What would you say if I told you I had the list of answers to tonight's questions? Where are they? Here. I got them from Adele, the producer's secretary. I uh, had a date with her last night. Oh, Corey, I couldn't look at them. That's dishonest. Wouldn't be fair. Well, if that's the way you feel about it? Maybe one little peek. Just one. I'll just peek at the first question, that's all. All right. Oh, what do you know? I had the list upside down. I peeked at the last one by mistake. Now I guess I'll have to peek my way back up to the first one. There. Mm-hmm. Now, can you remember them? Sure. Al Jolson, the sap runs every two years, mm-hmm. life with father, mm-hmm. and to scrape the barnacles off her hull. That's right. I wonder what the questions are. That one about the sap running, that must be about trees, huh? What do you care, as long as you have the answers? You're a cinch, Liz. Oh, this is just wonderful, Corey. George is going to be so proud of me. Oh, Katie, I'm so excited about the show, I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, take one look at me before I go. Is my slip showing? Yes. How much? All of it. Uh, you forgot to put your dress on. Oh, oh, my goodness. Here, help me with it, Katie. All right. All ready, honey? In just a minute. Al Jolson, the sap runs every two years, life with father to scrape the barnacles off her hole. What? Oh, nothing, nothing. Huh. Well, how do you feel, Liz? Uh, get some facts in your little head? You know, George, you're going to be very surprised. I have a feeling I'm going to know all the answers. Well, now, now, don't do anything silly, Liz. I won't. Uh, let me take the first crack at the answers. Oh, don't worry, George. I won't do anything except make you very proud of me. Well, goodbye, Katie. Goodbye. Hey, goodbye, Katie. Kiss me for good luck, George. All right. <sighs> well, I don't know about that show, His and Hers, but there's nothing wrong with yours and mine. 
Come on, crazy. Let's get this over with. All right, everybody, we're going on the air in just two seconds. Now, now, quiet, quiet. Presenting that sensational new quiz show, His and Hers! Yes, it's time once again to play that lovable, laughable radio game, His and Hers. And here's your master of ceremonies, Smiley Stembottom. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. This is old Smiley Stembottom. Here we go with another session of His and Hers. We have with us tonight uh, three man and wife teams. Uh, Dr. and Mrs. Charles Van Tassel, uh, Mr. Tom Lefebvre, attorney, and Mrs. Lefebvre, and Mr. and Mrs. George Cougar. Yay, George! Go get them, boy! <laughs> Apparently, Mr. Cougar has some friends in the audience. Now, uh, while our contestants are waiting in a room off stage, I'd like to announce that because we have such an intelligent group, a doctor, a lawyer, and a banker, we have thrown out the easy questions we were going to use and have substituted harder ones. Now, coming onto the stage are our first contestants. Uh, you must be Dr. Van Tassel. That's right, and this is my wife. <laughs> Apparently, Mrs. Van is tickled by her own tassel. Is she a little nervous? No, she always sounds like that. <laughs> yes. All right, here we go for our first question. Now, you only have one answer between you, so think carefully. Who discovered the fountain of youth and claimed he could live forever? Uh, uh Ponce de Leon. Absolutely right! <laughs> Uh, what do you say to that, Mrs. Van Tassel? <laughs> I knew you would. Now you have 25 points, and we'll go to the next question. What is your congressman's term of office? I guess they'll call us pretty soon, won't they, George? Yes. Now, now don't be nervous, Liz. Oh, I'm not nervous. Well, let's go. Isn't someone knocking at the door? No, that's your knees. <laughs> All right, so I'm nervous. I should think you'd be, too, that, that those questions are liable to be tough. Oh, don't worry, George. I have a feeling I'm going to know every answer. Oh, look who has that feeling. Oh. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cougat, we're ready for you. Oh, here we go. Come on, George. And here they come, our third contestants, Mr. and Mrs. Cougat. You tell them, George! <laughs> Liz, please. And now, uh, right up here to the microphone. Are you all ready for these questions? They're pretty hard. Oh, I'll bet they're not so hard. Well, we'll see. Now, uh, one answer for the two of you, remember. First question. Who discovered the fountain of youth and claimed he could live forever? Al Jolson. <laughs> oh, Liz. I'm so sorry. That's wrong, Mrs. Cougar. It is? Yes, but let's go on to question number two. Okay. Question number two. This is political. What is your congressman's term of office? The sap runs every two years. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Liz, have you gone crazy? Something's wrong, George, but I'll get the rest of it. Oh. Well, let me answer this one. All right, George. Uh, question number three. What has caused America to have such a great increase in population? 
Well, George? I don't know. Uh, would you repeat the question, please? Uh, what has caused America to have such a great increase in population? Is it life with father? <laughs> Wrong again. You uh, now have a total score of nothing. Oh, God, you're a stupid numbskull. <laughs> no coaching from the audience, please. for your last question. Oh, I'm sure to get one of these right. Why did the French people put Marie Antoinette under the sharp blade of the guillotine? To scrape the barnacles off her hull. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Cougat, you are the first husband and wife team ever to miss all four questions. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Oh, Liz. And now all the contestants will stand by for our jackpot question. Liz, what's the matter with you? Oh, George, I had all the answers memorized, but they must have switched the questions on me. Oh, fine. Attention! Before the jackpot question, here are the standings of our contestants. The Van Tassels have 75 points. The Lefebvre's have 50 points. And the Cougats have... <clears throat> Now, uh, since our jackpot question counts 100, whoever gets it right will win our giant prize, an electric dishwasher. Oh, we've still got a chance, George. Yeah. And tonight, we're adding a special prize to go with the dishwasher. 300 dirty dishes. <laughs> now, here's the jackpot question. At the last session of the big four foreign ministers in Paris, when Russia and the United States were in disagreement, what did Andrei Vashinsky say to Secretary of State Marshall? Oh, come. Someone must know it. What did Andrei Vashinsky say to Secretary of State Marshall? I give up, George. Let's go home. All right! <laughs> that is what Vashinsky said to Marshall. I give up, George. Let's go home. And the Kugats win the electric dishwasher. Vyshinsky, <laughs> you're wonderful. Come on, everybody, the borscht is on me. George. Hey, George, are you asleep yet? No. When, when you're trying to sleep, do you ever pretend things? Mm-hmm. What? I pretend that you've stopped talking. Oh. My favorite pretend is that I'm a, I'm a beautiful princess who swallowed a, a magic potion and I sleep for 20 years. Hmm. What are you thinking? I'm wondering where I can get some of that potion. Oh, George. You aren't very romantic. Come on, pretend something. Okay. I pretend I'm all alone on a deserted island. Uh -huh. And I see coming toward me a girl with flowers in her hair. Oh. Now, what do you pretend? I pretend she's ugly. Good night, George.
And that's the conclusion to My Favorite Husband, October 23rd, 1948, with a quiz show starring Lucille Ball and Richard Denning, sponsored by J-E-L-L-O-O, as heard on CBS. Bob Lamont doing the announcing on that. Hope you enjoyed My Favorite Husband. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's Academy Award Theater. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, the- Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com. And receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back to Hollywood 360. I'm Carl Amari, Lisa Wolf to my right, Mike Costella to my left. It's time for Academy Award Theater. Now, this was a CBS radio anthology presenting 30-minute adaptations of films. Rather than adaptations of Oscar-winning films, as the title implies, the series offered Hollywood's finest, the great picture plays, the great actors and actresses, techniques and skills chosen from the honor roll of those who have won or have been nominated for the famous Golden Oscar of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. With that as a guideline, any drama could be presented as long as the cast included at least one Oscar-nominated performer. Academy Award Theater came to radio March 30, 1946, with Betty Davis, Anne Revere, and Faye Boehner in Jezebel. Academy Award Theater was an expensive show to produce. They paid the stars a whopping $4,000 a week and another $1,600 went each week to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences just for the use of the name of the show. This eventually became a factor in Squibb's decision to cancel the series after only 39 weeks. Dramas in which actors recreated their original film roles included Henry Fonda in Young Mr. Lincoln, Humphrey Bogart in The Maltese Falcon, Cary Grant in Suspicion, Gregory Peck in The Keys of the Kingdom, and Ronald Coleman in Lost Horizon. All right, Lisa, we have a terrific Alfred Hitchcock-directed film adaptation of Shadow of a Doubt, starring Joseph Cotton. Let's go back to September 11, 1946, for part one of Academy Award Theater. The House of Squibb presents Academy Award. Every week, Squibb brings you Hollywood's finest. The great picture plays, the great actors and actresses. Techniques and skills chosen from the honor roll of those who have won or been nominated for the famous Golden Oscar of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And now, E.R. Squibb and Sons, manufacturing chemist to the medical profession since 1858, bring you the distinguished actor Joseph Cotton. 
starring in Shadow of a Doubt with June Vincent. Mr. Cotton will play the famous role he created on the screen for Shadow of a Doubt, the picture which, as best original story of the year, was nominated for the 1943 Academy Award. This is the story of a weary traveler who had journeyed far, peered into the dark corners of life, and with a breath of phantoms on his neck, shook off pursuit for a few days and sought refuge in the only light-filled bit of the world he had saved to hide in, the placid home of his next of kin. Here, at least, he can relax, for here he is of the nobility, salt of the earth, the proverbial wealthy and mysterious Uncle Charlie. It wasn't the biggest yacht in the world, but it had a nice little fireplace in the library, and the bar was paneled in bleached mahogany. You pressed the button and... <laughs> what am I talking about? All that's over. Let's talk about you, my beautiful niece and namesake, Charlie. That's the prettiest dress I ever saw. Well, we like it. Charles, don't you remember? Remember? Remember what? But Uncle Charlie, you sent it to me. <laughs> I did? Don't you remember? Of course, I, I've grown. I had to sort of fix it. Oh, say, I've been forgetting something all this time. Here. Been saving these under my chair. For you, Joe, a little present. Oh, you didn't have to think of me, Charles. Oh. Presents are all right for the children. Ooh, look at this beautiful wristwatch. Fellas at the bank will think I'm quite a sport. Huh? Oh, Charles. Charles, how beautiful. Silver foxes for you, Emmy. Oh, oh I, I've wanted one all my life. Oh, Charles, you are the kindest brother in the world. Oh, nonsense, Emmy. I can afford it. I get more pleasure out of giving than receiving. And now, these, Emmy. These miniatures of our mother and father. Charles, did you have these all along? All along. Oh. All these years I've been away, safe in a deposit box, stored away safe, no matter where I was. Grandpa and Grandma? Yes. 1888, 58 years ago. My, she was pretty, and, and he is sweet. Everyone was pretty and sweet then, Charlie. The whole world, a wonderful world. Not like the world today. It was great to be young then. But we're happy now, Uncle Charlie. Look at us. For once, we're, we're all happy at the same time. And now, for your little present, Charlie. No. No, I don't want anything. Right now, I have enough. Before you came, I, I didn't think I had anything. But now, now I don't want another thing. Now, what could be the matter with her? Oh, she's all right. Just excited. I'll go into the kitchen with her. She'll like this when she sees it. <laughs> Why did you follow me? I meant it. Please don't give me anything, Uncle Charlie. Nothing? I, I can't explain. You came here and Mother's happy, and, and I'm glad she named me after you and that she thinks we're both alike. I think we are, too. I know it. It would spoil things if you gave me anything. <laughs> You're a strange girl, Charlie. Why would it spoil things? Well, because we're, we're not just an uncle and a niece. There's something else. I know you. I know that, that you don't tell people a lot of things. I don't either. I have a feeling that inside you somewhere, there's something... something nobody knows. Something nobody knows? Something secret and wonderful and... Well, I'll find out. Well, it's not good to find out too much, Charlie. But but we're kind of like twins, don't you see? We we have to know. Give me a hand. No, no, the, the other finger. Now. Thank you. But you haven't even looked at the ring. I don't have to look at it. No matter what you gave me, it'd be the same. <laughs> Here, now, let me show it to you. It's a good emerald. A really good one. And good emeralds are the most beautiful things in the world. Well, well, you've had something engraved on it. I haven't, but I will if you'd like me to. But you have, Uncle Charlie. You have it. It's very faint. It... 
It's way down under the stone. T.S. from... from B.M. Well, that must be someone's initial. The jeweler rucked me. The jeweler rucked me. Oh, it doesn't matter, really. It doesn't. He rucked me. The second hand. He rucked me. The whole world is crooked. The whole rock. But I like it this way. Someone else was probably happy with me. The whole rock. It's not rotten. Not where you and I are. And mother and the rest of us. Here. Give it back to me. I'll have that taken off. No. No, it's perfect the way it is. Now, you bring the coffee and and we'll surprise them with perfect service. And that's the first portion of Academy Award Theater with Shadow of a Doubt from September 11th, 1946, starring Joseph Cotton. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have the conclusion. Stick around. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, don't change the... Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, now let me see. This theory is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to hollywood 360 Radio. And receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360Radio.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now let's get back to Shadow of a Doubt, starring Joseph Cotton on Academy Award Theater. Well, Charles... You just sit here and relax. Oh, thank you, Emmy. It's wonderful to be comfortable again. There's the evening paper. Make yourself comfy. Joe's gone to bed. Didn't he read it? No, he was too tired from all the excitement of you and the presents and everything. None of us have even had a chance to even peek at the news. (laughs) Lordy, I'm tucked up, too. You go on to bed, Emmy. I just want to sit here and smoke and read and soak up the feeling of home. Wonderful seeing you here, relaxed, home with your own. Well, good night, Charles. Good night, Emmy. Uncle Charlie. Oh, oh, uh, hello. What's the matter? <laughs> Nothing. I just saw something in the paper that interested me, so I tore it out. Oh, well, um, I brought you a pitcher of cold water. Mom said you wanted it. Oh, thank you, Charlie. You're very thoughtful. Sweet dreams. Uncle Charlie, I know something. I know a secret that you don't think I know. What secret? I know that there was something in that evening paper about you. About me? In the evening paper? About you. Please show it to me. I won't tell us. Oh, Charlie, you're happy. But it wasn't about me. It was about some people I used to know. Well, let me see. There, now I've got the clipping and I'll prove it. Oh, you, oh, give me that. It's none of your business. Uncle Charlie, you're hurting me. Your hand. Oh, Charlie. I... 
I didn't mean to it. I, I must have grabbed you harder than I thought. I, I, was, I was just fooling about it. It was just some gossip, not too pretty about someone I met up with once. Nothing for you to read. You forget it. I, I am sorry, Uncle Charlie. I was only trying to tease you. I know. <laughs> I know. Good night, Uncle Charlie. Good night. Good night. Pleasant dreams. Good morning, Emmy. I can't face the world without some hot coffee. Well, I don't mind coddling you your first morning. While you've been sleeping, the whole town's talking about you. About me? About you. The telephone's never stopped. Everybody wants to meet my favorite brother. Where's young Charlie? Oh, she's buzzing around the house as though she'd lost her mind. You see, you're not the only celebrity in town. The whole Newton family's going to be in the limelight. <laughs> what are you all up to? Well, a young man came here this morning. Said his name was Graham. He wants to interview everybody in the house. Interview everybody? Yes, it, it's kind of poor. It's called the National Public Survey. How did he happen to pick this family? He wanted a typical American family. Uh, when did I happen to come here? <laughs> That's what I asked him. What did he say? Oh, he said they looked around all over and finally decided on us. Well, if he's going to ask a lot of questions, he can leave me out of it. Why, you have more to tell than any of us. He's going to take our pictures, too. Pictures? Yes. You see, there were really two young men. One takes the pictures. Oh, there were two of them. Yes. Very, very nice young men. One of them was really very handsome. Well, Charles, it certainly looks like the Newtons are going to be real famous. Emmy. Where's young Charlie? Oh, she went off someplace, Charles. I think she's having a sandwich down the corner with one of the young men who was here today taking pictures. Mercy, they were particular. I bet I had to break two dozen eggs in mixing that cake so they could get just the right picture. Uh, why did she go with that young man? Well, to tell the truth, Charles, I... I think she's peeved at you. Oh, really? Why? Well, she said that when they were taking pictures of the upstairs today, one of them happened to take your pictures. You came up the stairs and... You made him give you the film. So I did. Uh, invasion of privacy, my dear. I, I won't tolerate such goings-on. How do we know what those young men would do with those pictures? Mercy me, Charles. I'm sure I don't know. You're so much smarter than we are. If you say they can't take pictures, well, they just can't. Uh, I don't like young Charlie talking to those men. There's, there's something about them I don't quite like. I... I'll have to have a talk with her when she gets back. Tell her I want to see her, Emmy. I want to see her the minute she comes in. I know now, Jack Graham, what you really are. You're a detective. There's something the matter, and you're a detective. Charlie, listen. I don't want to listen. You pretended to be making a survey. You fooled us all. You've got to listen. You've got to trust me. Why should I when you lied to me? I had to. You've just got to believe. We came here to find a man. I hadn't counted on your mother and your family. Find a man? What man? There's a man loose in this country. We're after him. We don't know much about him. We, we don't even know what he looks like. Charlie, think... How much do you know about your uncle? Well, he's my uncle. He, he's my mother's brother. What has he done? I can't tell you what he's done. 
We're after one man. Your uncle may be that man. We've followed him. We think he is. But in the East, there's another man who's being hunted, too. Hunted through Massachusetts and into Maine. He may be the man. Uncle Charles hasn't done anything. He knows it would kill my mother if he'd done anything. Oh, why don't you arrest that man in Maine? Why don't you go away and leave us alone? Oh, Charlie. When we were eating tonight, talking about your folks and mine, what we'd done and how we felt, we were like two ordinary people, weren't we? You liked me. I know you did. And I liked you. That doesn't matter now. It does matter. But if it is your Uncle Charlie, I'm going to catch up with him. And you've got to keep your mouth shut. Because you're an honest girl and you know you'll help me. I wouldn't help you. I... Please. Please, Charlie. If your Uncle Charlie's the man we want, we'll get him out of town quietly. We won't arrest him here. You see, I like you, Charlie. All right. I I won't say anything, but... But I'm going to prove you're wrong. I'm going to prove it right now. Charlie! Charlie Newton. Hold on there, young lady. Wait for the light. I'm sorry, officer. I'm, I'm trying to get to the library before nine o'clock. All right, now. Mind your step and go ahead. Really, Charlie, you know as well as I do that this library closes at nine. I'm terribly sorry, Miss Cochran, but there, there's something in the newspaper I've got to see. Yeah, since you're in, you're in. You have just two minutes. Oh, oh please make it be here. Make it be as Uncle Charlie says about, about something else. Oh, Boston, February 8th. Search for the, the Mary Widow murderer continues. No photograph of the suspected man has ever been obtained. His victims have, have uniformly been widows of large means living in, in resort hotels. And, and this fact has led to his being called a merry widow murderer. His last victim was, was Mrs. Byron Mansfield, the former Thelma Scott. <gasps> Ring. T.S. Time to go, Charlie. Now, please, I'm tired after a hard day on my feet. All right. All right, then. Thank you. No. No. Not my good Charlie. No. I've been waiting for you, Charlie. Waiting and waiting and waiting. Come, child. No. No. Come and take me by the hand. Soft and dark. And the moon is set. And honest people turn down their lamps and make ready for the night. think you found me out, you and your young friend, Graham? I don't know. I'm not going to tell him what I know. He may find out, but, but I won't tell him. He won't find out. I'm only asking you one thing. Just go away and leave us alone. No. Charlie, 
Will you help me? Help you? Charlie, the same blood flows through our veins. A week ago, I was at the end of my rope. I'm so tired, Charlie. There's an end to the amount of running a man can do. And this is my last chance. Give it to me. There's another man in the East. They suspect him, too. If they catch him... Give me this one last chance, Charlie. Take your... your chance and go. No, I'll go. I'll go, Charlie. You'll just give me a couple of days. Help me, Charlie. I'm... I'm your uncle. Think of your mother. It would kill your mother. Yes, it would kill my mother. It would kill you, too, wouldn't it, Uncle Charlie? Now go on, get away from here. You can have your few days. Do you realize what it means if they get me? The electric chair. I count on you. Don't forget you said it yourself. We are not any ordinary uncle and niece. No matter what I've done, we are twins. Go in now. And sleep. Sleep and pleasant dreams, beautiful Charlie. Let's go in the garage. I've got to talk to you. Yes, Jack. I don't know how it happened, but it did. They tracked down the other man. In, in trying to run away at the airport in Boston, he backed into the propeller of a plane that was warming up. Well, the heat's off your uncle. You know, you'd have to go away, but, but I hadn't thought about it. I'll be alone again. I'll be back, Charlie, as soon as I can make it. You're not frightened, are you, Charlie? No. I love you. Do you, Jack? That's why I'm coming back. I'll be here, waiting. Well, what if you two have been locking yourselves in the garage for? When I was young, we sat in the parlor. <laughs> oh, I, I was saying goodbye to Charlie. In the garage? In the garage. The door got stuck. Now I'll have to say goodbye to you. Well, say goodbye to me on the lawn. No use taking chances on that garage door again. Finished here? All finished. I'll be back. You'll be seeing me around. Oh? Not on business. Oh, I see. Well, Charlie's a fine girl. She's the thing I love most in the world. Have a good trip, Mr. Graham, and uh, <laughs> don't take any more pictures without permission. Rights of man, you know, uh, freedom. We'll have a talk about freedom someday, Mr. Oakley. I'd better say goodbye to your mother, Charlie. You coming, sir? Oh, no, no, I'd better see if I can fix that garage door. <laughs> Folks, before we go to the women's club this evening, I'm going to tell you what I intend to say. I've been doing a lot of thinking, and I've come to a lot of conclusions. There's another thing I'd like to do, and I'm going to ask you, to Emmett, to help me. I'd like to do something for the town here. Something for the children's hospital. Oh, Charles. Something in memory of our father and mother. Something fine and good. By George. That's wonderful of you, Charles. Oh, Charles, I know how you feel about children who've been hurt... Because you were so terribly hurt yourself once. It's a miracle you're all right now. You might have been crippled for life. I know. I know how you feel about children. Well, sir, this is the finest thing I ever heard of. Wait till you hear about this tonight. We'd better be going. Mercy, where are we all going to sit? Mother, Uncle Charles can sit in the back with Papa, and, and Roger and Ann will fit in perfectly well beside them. Oh, nonsense. I'm getting a cab. You all go in the cab, and Charlie and I will... Go in the other car alone. No, no, you go in the taxi, Uncle Charlie. Uh, no, no, I know what I'm doing now. There's the cab waiting. You go get the car in the garage, Charlie. I'll wait for you. Mother, 
Mother, please ride with me. Father can take the children, please. Well, get the car. We'll figure it out when we get out in the street. All right. Well, guess we might as well sit down and wait till Charlie drives around. <laughs> the more I see that girl, the more I seem to love her. <laughs> What's keeping Charlie? Yeah, she's been gone 15 minutes. What in the world could have happened? What is it? You better all come quick. I heard someone screaming and pounding on your garage door. There's fumes coming out. I think it's Charlie. Keep back, everybody. Keep back, Joe. Here. Here, I'll put her on the grass. Now get that flask of whiskey out of my room, Joe. Run. Charlie, Charlie, dear Charlie. Belly, speak. Charlie, Charlie, speak to me. Get away, Uncle Charlie. Get away. She wants you, Emmy. I'm here, my darling. Mother is here. I, I'm all right. Just, just let me out. Here. Here. There you are, Charlie. You've had a wonderful, wonderful escape, dear. Someone must have left the engine running. Or did you start the car yourself? The ignition key was gone and the engine was running. And the garage doors were jammed. Oh, now, that sounds impossible, but it must be the carbon monoxide fumes clouding her brain. Oh, I'll be all right. I just want to be alone. You all go ahead to the meeting. I should say I want you to. I'll stay in the porch and then I'll get the things ready for the party when you get back. I don't feel much like making a speech when, when I think what might have happened to you. If... You think I have good ears? Goodness, she might have died. Yes, she might have died. Go ahead, I'll be all right. I, I insist on it now. Go on, go right now. Well, I guess we'd better humor the patient. Uh, come on, folks, the taxi is waiting, and I'm sure dear Charlie will be good as new when we get back. All right, all right. let's go. Hello? Hello, long distance. I want to speak to Mr. Jack Graham, Hotel California in Fresno. Oh, hurry, operator, please. It's, it's urgent, so urgent. <laughs> Just a minute, folks. I'd like to propose a toast to our distinguished visitor who made the finest speech tonight ever heard in these parts. To Uncle Charlie. Uh, thank you. Now, I give you a toast to this beautiful village and its beautiful people. This haven, this place I would rather call home than any place in the world. The place I intend to... Charlie, my child, you're white as a ghost. I'm all right, Mother. I'm sorry, Uncle Charlie. You were saying that you'd rather live here than any other place in the world. And yet you must leave. You must leave tomorrow. Forever. Charlie, you let the cat out of the bag, uh... I was saving the bad news until last. I I didn't want to spoil your fun, Emmy, dear, but I got a letter today. I have to leave on the early morning train for San Francisco. Oh, no, Charles. But, uh, no. I'm, I'm going to miss you, Emmy. I'm going to miss you all. train is going to start and I'll have to get off, Uncle Charlie. But I wanted to tell you, Jack Graham is on this train. 
waiting for it to reach the next town, and then, then he's arrested. My dear girl. Wait. You know what I know about you, don't you, Uncle Charlie? You're a murderer, Uncle Charlie, and you... You tried to murder me. Wait, Charlie. Let go of me. Let go of me. You did a fine thing for your mother. You were right not to let her know. After all, she's not very strong. This train is really going. I I don't think I can... Yes, it's really going. And now I'll open this vestibule door. Wait. Just a little fast. You're mad. You're a madman. Just a little fast. A little faster. I want to be sure this time, my dear. Let me go. Sure. Now, now there's another train coming the other way. You are still alive when you hit the tracks. Well, so long, Charlie. My twin. No, no, you can't. Go, Academy Award starring Irene Dunn in the White Cliffs of Dover. Today's performance of Shadow of a Doubt was written for radio by Frank Wilson with an original musical score composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Our producer-director is D. Engelbach. Joseph Cotton is soon to be seen in the David O. Selznick Technicolor production, Duel in the Sun. June Vincent may currently be seen in the Universal International production, Black Angel. This is Hugh Brundage bidding you good night until next Wednesday at the same time when you're invited to listen again to Academy Award, presented by the House of Squibb on Name You Can Trust. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Academy Award Theater from September 11th, 1946, with Shadow of a Doubt, starring Joseph Cotton, a radio adaptation of the famous Alfred Hitchcock-directed film, a terrific, terrific uh, story. June Vincent was heard there in that cast, sponsored by Squibb, as heard on CBS. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, the... Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com. And receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next week, we're going to tune into Tales of the Texas Rangers starring Joel McRae, Father Knows Best with Robert Young, Mr. President, which is always a good show because you get to guess who the president was, Boston Blackie, my favorite show of all time with Richard Kalmar, Abbott and Costello, and Escape. For my co-host Lisa Wolf, executive producer Mike Costello, engineer Sam Wolf, Vince and Chris Lombardi, my crabby brother Vince Amari, Adam West and me, Carl Amari, Thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. To learn more about Hollywood 360 or to contact us, visit our website at hollywood360radio.com. Adam West speaking. 